I want winners. I want people that want to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. You got to put your money where your mouth is, Pete. It's not gambling advice. Monday, March 21st, and welcome to Not Gambling Advice. We have a phenomenal, phenomenal show ahead of us. We are doing the National League betting preview. We're going to go through all three of the divisions, the NL East, the NL Central, and the NL West. We're also going to talk a little bit about free agency moves and a little bit about how the lines have changed since we last recorded our American League betting preview, because of course we've gotten a new flurry of free agency moves. And exactly, that's where I want to start, free agency, because Colby, I'm joined with, of course, as always, he is our Red Sox guy. He's a big Red Sox fan, and they just signed Trevor Story to a six-year, $140 million deal. First of all, how are you? Second of all, it better be good because you just got Trevor Story. I woke up absolutely amped. Woke up, slept in. I just got back from from Austin, Texas, nine-day trip, and woke up amped after a nice 10 hours of sleep this morning. This is a great move for the Red Sox. And I've been saying since the lockout ended that I thought that the Red Sox were not done. I, I really do have that trust in Heim Bloom to, to, you know, assess our lineup. It wasn't ready with Jackie Bradley Jr. in right field. It wasn't ready with Bill Christian right. Arroyo at second base full time, right? So this move makes us a lot, a lot better. It looks like Story's going to play second base for this season with Xander Bogarts playing shortstop, which isn't optimal. It is kind of that Alex Rodriguez, Derek Jeter move where Derek Jeter stays at shortstop. A-Rod moves over to, to third, but Xander Bogarts is probably leaving after this season. Um, he's probably going to opt out of his contract and hit free agency. And it seems like with this signing, the Red Sox are implying that Xander Bogarts is probably on the way out, um, which is going to make room because Story moves over to shortstop in 2023. Nick York comes in, plays second. You have Tristan Casas at first base. That infield looks unbelievable beyond this season. Give us some... Give us some, um, I guess, give us some perspective about the Coors splits, right? Because he's a 240 hitter away from Coors Field. He's a over 300 hitter at Coors Field. We've seen guys like Nolan Arenado be a 315 hitter in 2019 in Colorado, and now he's hitting around 255 in St. Louis. Remember, Fenway is also a great place to hit as well. You look at Trevor Story's spray chart, and you see plenty of balls peppered, which will be peppered against the Fenway Green Monster. Do you put any stock into the Coors effect, and do you think that Trevor Story will basically be what he was in Colorado with the Red Sox? So there, there is absolutely merit to the Coors effect. Guys, it's, it's one, seeing pitches in Coors and out of Coors is completely different, but two, Coors is so big that guys have such higher batting average on balls in play in Coors Field. But the interesting thing with him going to Fenway, this could not be a better place for him to go when leaving Coors because Fenway last year or the last three years, that is, has actually had a higher batting average balls in play at Fenway than at Coors Field. So he's leaving one place that that does lead to high averages, but he's going to another place that basically has a similar effect to batting averages. And remember, Trevor Story is a guy that, one, hits the ball in the air a lot, two, hits, hit, pulls the ball. So you have that green monster only 290 feet away. We've been hearing it a lot from a lot of people. He's going to be peppering that monster. And I would not expect a, a drastic dip in numbers from what he was doing in Coors Field at his peak. Like, I could really see, you know, 260 with the 30 home runs, with the 20 stolen bases. And for his fantasy value, I think this is – as good of an outcome as could be. And I could see it being a resurgent year for Trevor story, especially because the Red Sox lineup is so good too. Like he's not going to be the only one in this lineup getting pitched to. He's going to have plenty of opportunities and plenty of pitches to go get. And I think he's genuinely excited about leaving the Rockies. Uh, that was pretty apparent. He wanted to be out at the last trade deadline. They didn't make that happen. Now he's going to a team that would just made the ALCS. He he's going to be amped up and fired up, ready to go for the Red Sox. It's funny because I guess the Rockies, they offered him more money than the Red Sox did, but he wanted to join a winner. And oh my gosh, did he join a winner? And when you're looking at the Red Sox lineup, it is so loaded. In 2021, they had 330 doubles. 
In 2019, they had 345 doubles. The 2008 Rangers, and we put this out on Twitter, which you can find at gambling underscore advice. We put this on our Twitter. That's the Twitter for not gambling advice. Can this Red Sox team set the record for doubles? Remember, they have been doing this without Trevor Story, who's a guy who could hit 40 doubles at Fenway. If I gave you a line for 376 and a half doubles, because that's what the Rangers had in 2008, do you think they go over or under? I think the, the logical bet here is obviously under on that, but I think they have a chance at it. I think there's an outside chance at it, especially you add Trevor Story at second base. Then if Tristan Casas comes up in the second half, he's a doubles machine as well. He's going to be spraying balls off the monster. He's going to be pulling balls down the line in that massive right field. So, yeah, I could see that. I really could. I mean, the Red Sox lineup top to bottom now is is pretty much eight, seven to eight good players deep because I think – Jaron Duran, who really struggled last year, I don't know if you saw, he uh, he has a new swing that he's been deploying. Less leg kick, quieter hands, just much quieter approach. And I think that's really, really going to help him going into this year because I think he's going to be battling with uh, JBJ for, for time out in right field. Absolutely. So there have been a lot of moves made in the American League. We went over the odds a couple of weeks ago, but the odds have definitely change now the blue jays are the odds on favorite to win the american league east at plus 190 the tampa bay rays we got them at plus 300 they have now gone to plus 310 and the red sox have gone from plus 550 to plus 500 orioles are still at the bottom and the yankees have went from 185 to plus 195 so now they have the second best odds i still really like my Rays pick i do think that the blue jays have as much of a shot as any of these teams i think those are the two best i think the yankees and the red sox will be fighting for that second wild card spot but no real big changes there i still like the Rays pick are you in the same boat yeah i picked the blue jays here super happy with that amazing And then we go to the American League Central. So we said the White Sox at minus 200 um, was the lock of locks, that the White Sox are easily going to win this division. But the Twins, of course, added Carlos Correa. They've made some good trades. They've cleared up some payroll. You know, they got rid of Josh Donaldson's contract. And now they have Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela. They... Their odds spiked. They were they had the third best odds now that they have the second best odds ahead of the Tigers and the Guardians. The Twins are now plus 550. Do you find any value in that? I don't really find much value in that. They did make the lineup changes, right? Correa is huge for them, but I just don't see how this rotation is going to handle a full year with like Bailey Ober, Griffin Jacks. They're going to have to provide a lot of innings on in the back end of that, that rotation. And even with Sonny Gray, with Joe Ryan, you know, taking a, a load off, I, I just don't see it with this rotation. And even the bullpen has a lot of holes here. Plus 550 is still crazy. I still like Guardians at plus 850. I do too. I still like Guardians at plus 850. I think that's the better value. I think the Guardians finish second in this division and they have the fourth best odds. You know, if they just add a couple more bats because the rotation is solid. The bullpen is solid. They're just a few bats away from really contending with the White Sox, but it looks like with all the free agents off the board, they probably won't do that. So I would, if you're going to sprinkle on the Guardians, make it very light because more likely than not, the Chicago White Sox will win this division. So, Let's then move on to the AL West. The Astros are still the odds on favorite at minus 175. The Angels have jumped. The Mariners have jumped up a little bit. The Angels obviously adding to the back end of of their bullpen. And the Mariners adding Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez. And the Oakland Athletics have plummeted to last over the Rangers. Rangers are currently plus 1,800, while the Athletics are plus 3,000. I still think that the Astros are the pick here. Um, and the Angels, their value has gone slightly up. They were plus 390. Now they're plus 400. Astros are still the best pick. Angels are my second favorite pick. I don't think the Mariners still are going to win the division this year. Yeah, yeah. I think the Astros have that division pretty much locked down. Angels and Mariners are absolutely wild card teams. Absolutely. So let's now start talking about the National League. And we'll start in the NL East. The Atlanta Braves are currently plus 145. They have the best odds to win the NL East. The Mets are right behind them at plus 155. The Phillies are plus 400. The Miami Marlins are plus 1,200. And the Washington Nationals are plus 4,000. Nationals are not going to win this division this year. I know they signed Nelson Cruz, but it's not going to be their year. I really don't think it's going to be the Marlins year either. I like the Jorge Soler signing. 
Um, but I think they're just not quite there yet. I think it's going to be between the Braves, the Mets, and the Phillies. And I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. I think at plus 145, this is still the best team in the division. And you kind of winced when I said that it's not the Marlins here. Do you think it is the Marlins here to win the division? No, actually the complete opposite. I'm kind of wondering why the Marlins are plus 1,200 here and the Nationals are plus 4,000. Like yeah, the, the, the gap there seems too big. I think the Marlins have less of a shot than plus 12, 1,200. Agreed. But yeah, like I said, again, I'm going with the Atlanta Braves. You just go from top to bottom with Max Free, Charlie Morton, Ian Anderson, Huascar Yanoa, and Tucker Davidson. They also have, you know, Tuki Tui Sant. They have a guy and like Peter, Sean. Don't, don't forget Mike Soroka is coming back. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm not even done yet. You just got me started, Colby. Of course, I'm talking about Mike Soroka coming back. They they are just so loaded. Yes, they lose out on Freddie Freeman, but you add the next best option, which is Matt Olson, who might end up having a better year next year than Freddie Freeman at 32 years old. Matt Olson at 27 years old is a phenomenal move for them. You just go up and down the lineup. You know, I know they lost out on Jock Peterson. You know, they're without Jorge Soler, but they, you know, they signed Alex Dickerson from the Giants. Um, they re-signed Eddie Rosario as well. And the bullpen I, I made, and I have a question for you. Is this the best bullpen you've ever seen after signing Kenley Jansen? They have Will Smith who had a three, four, four ERA. He's a great closer. Colin McHugh at a one, five, five ERA last year. Tyler Matzik. We know what he can do from the left side, Luke Jackson, AJ Minter. I mean, you can make the argument. They have four or five guys that could be good closers in the game and they go six deep. And they have Kirby Yates coming back at some point. He's a guy who got Tommy John. He was a top closer at one point. Is this the best bullpen in baseball? And is this one of the best bullpens you've ever seen? Because I think it could be the best of all time. I don't think it's the best bullpen in the league, actually. But I do think it's the it's the deepest bullpen I've ever seen. Like, to have six guys, like, legitimately, Luke Jackson might be the fifth best reliever in this bullpen and one nine eight you put him you put him on the red Sox, and he's like the second best arm in that bullpen. maybe the best nine eight era 1.98 era he was great last year amazing amazing he has a that slider that he throws is, is freaking insane like that it'll hit the ball. dirt a yeah. foot in front of the plate and guys are still swinging at it i do think that the brewers still do have the the best bullpen in the league and they're gonna add aaron ashby to that to that bullpen potentially and, and i think that puts them over the edge just having devin williams and josh Hader combination kind of just for me puts them above this bullpen but they don't have the depth that this bullpen has so i think those two are in, are in conversation for one and two but agreed with you i think the braves are my pick as well um the gap between the braves at plus 145 and the mets 155 they're basically saying that those teams are equal and i don't think they are i really do not think they are um as you mentioned, Morton, Fried, and Anderson are a one, two, three punch. And then you're getting Mike Soroka back, who had a two, eight, five ERA in 2019. Heavy ground ball pitcher. And this is a really, really solid infield defense. Uh, Austin Riley had 13 defensive run saves last year. Albies was a, an average second baseman, but that's fine. Dansby had nine defensive run saves in 2020. Last year, negative seven, but I don't, I don't know whether I put too much weight into that. I think he's Better still just that. like a very, very good shortstop, very dependable. And Matt Olson is one of the three best defensive first basemen right there with Freddie Freeman, right there with Paul Goldschmidt, six defensive runs saved last year. So they have a really, really good infield defense and they have a lot of ground ball pitchers. I think that's a recipe for success with a lot of teams like the Cardinals. The Braves are kind of in that same boat there and they're getting a Cunha back. They're getting Ronald Acuna Jr. back. They won the World Series without a top five player in baseball. Like, for example, the Mets went 77 and 85 last year. Are they better than they were last year? Of course. The Braves won 88 games last year. It's an 11 game difference. I don't know if the Mets made up 11 games. And I think you can make the argument that the Braves are even better than they were last year. A plus 145. A plus 145 for the Braves. I think that's the bet in this NL East. And I would say, like, let's talk about a value play. But I think the only realistic value play here is the Phillies. And I don't think that the Phillies are going to win this division. I know that they added Kyle Schwarber. I know that they added Nick Castellanos. But they're one of, they were the worst defensive team by defensive runs saved last year. They didn't get any better. I really like this rotation, and they did add to the bullpen. They will be better than 82 and 80. But I don't think that they will be better than the Mets. I don't think that they will be better than the Braves. So it, my only bet in this NL East is Braves plus 145. And that's it. I'm not, I'm not taking a value play here. I think we should 
go through and talk about the Mets and the Phillies and, and why we don't agree with them or why we don't think they can win this division. And, and I'll start with the Mets here. I mean, let's let's talk about the Mets and how they loaded up, right? Steve Cohen threw all of his money away to go get Max Scherzer, Mark Kana, Starling Marte, Chris Bassett in a trade from the Oakland A's and out of Anna Adam Adovino to, to kind of shore up that bullpen, which is actually probably their biggest concern for me. This is one reason I don't like the Mets is they don't have too much depth in their bullpen right now. Edwin Diaz is, you know, lockdown closer, but Adam Adovino is probably gonna be throwing in the eighth inning. And we saw what he did with runners on base last year. It's a, it's a fright. The other thing with this team that I don't love is they're the Braves have these stars, right? They have medals and they have Acuna. The Mets really only have Pete Alonso as a star bat. They don't have anybody that's bad, really. James McCann is their only hitter that's going to be below average, but they don't have another bat that's going to be a 140 or 150 WRC plus Marte, like Pete Alonso. Marte. I think, but Marte, Marte had a crazy good last year last year. I don't think he's going to be that good again. Um, I think he's going to be very solid. I think they have a lot of guys that are 110 to 130 WRC plus guys. The other thing is health. Starling Marte has missed between 30 and 40 games every year. Do we believe that DeGrom can be healthy for a full year? And Carrasco hasn't pitched a full year since 2018. So I, I, a lot of injury concern here and just not enough firepower for me. Star power. And people might have turned off the podcast when you were talking about the best Mets bats and you didn't mention Francisco Lindor. And I think the reason you didn't mention Francisco Lindor is because he's a 125 WRC plus guy. Like that's what he is. The way he is so valuable is because he's one of the smoothest, silkiest defenders at the most premium position that we've seen in our sport. But that's the reality of the fact with Francisco Lindor. Like he's probably a 270, 275 hitter who could maybe hit 30 bombs, but most likely will be 25. Like, but he's just really solid all around so he's a great shortstop but I I know what you're saying there that the offensive firepower is not really strong with Lindor and that's not incorrect that's just the reality of what Lindor is it really is and, I, and 125 WRC plus might be like his peak I really think, I think that 125 I do think because he had 105 last year yeah. I believe it was a down year but like but from that's June, what I'm saying June 1st on, he had a 124 WRC plus though. So it's like, I, I do think that yeah. that's what he is. I think he might even be a little bit better, maybe even a 130, but I don't think it's going into, like you said, the 140, 150 range. Like Pete Alonso could hit 270 with 50 home runs. Like that's, that's just objectively a better bat than Francisco Lindor. But I would still say that Francisco Lindor is the best position player on the Mets. Yep. And I'm not saying that the Mets can't go win this division. They absolutely can. But for the value, they're just, it's too much for me. I do want to touch on the Phillies real quick, too, because this lineup is insane. I mean, you you tweeted out yesterday this full lineup, and it's top to bottom just freaking nuts. They add Castellanos, they add Schwarber to a lineup that already has Harper, and they're, they're freaking insane. And the pitching's really good too. If Zach Wheeler's healthy, which he has shoulder soreness, but apparently that's minor. He's already feeling better. Aaron Nola is very, very solid. Ranger Suarez is one of my favorite pitchers. That's going to have a breakout season this year. If not, he already had kind of a breakout season last year, but I think this is the year that everyone kind of figures him out, but this defense might be the worst defense I have ever seen in my entire life. They were ever right. They were dead last in DRS last year with negative 54 defensive run saves and somehow they got worse. Schwarber <laughs> is a terrible fielder. Castellanos is a terrible fielder. Didi Gregorius is their starting shortstop. Negative 10 def- defensive run saves last year. Alec Bohm had negative 13. Harper sucks. Reese isn't any good at first How? either. He, no, terrible. Terrible. And Gene Segura is average? Average. He's old. Like, now. He's old. Like, JT Romuto is the only good defender of this entire team. Y- yes. Yes, and he doesn't field baseballs. He literally catches them. Catcher. <laughs> I just feel bad for Aaron Nola because I feel like he's going to have another year where he he balls out and has like a 2-8 FIP and, and a 4-2 ERA. I just feel terrible. I, I legitimately feel bad for him. Like, Odubel Herrera is their center fielder, and he's not good. He's, he's not, not good. good. I mean, it might be Veerling, it might be Hazley, but regardless, that's not a trio that you have any confidence in. And you're right, Schwarber's most likely going to play DH, but then we've heard that Nick Cassianos might be the DH. Like, that's how bad he is, that a catcher slash left fielder is going to beat him out in left field. Like, he is not a good defender out there. Harper, you're right, is not a good defender. We already went around the infield. The starting pitching 
is what really makes me feel confident that the Phillies can at least make some noise. You're right. The starting rotation is loaded. I like the bullpen. I like some of the moves that they've made, but they're certainly not an elite bullpen either. They just have to out hit everyone. And with the starting rotations in the NL East, like, you know, we were bagging on the Marlins, but the Marlins have one of the best young rotations in the sport. We just talked about how loaded the Braves starting rotation is and the bullpen. And then the Mets with DeGrom and Scherzer, like they're just going to have a tough time hitting in this division. I don't see it for the Phillies. I think it's between the Braves and the Mets and I'm banging Braves plus 145. I just think they're the better team. They were much better last year. The Mets have to overcome a lot while the Braves just have to kind of keep rolling. I think it's the Braves division to lose. And at plus 145, I still think that's really good value as well. You need to play good defense in this era of baseball. You need to have a good defense to be a good baseball team. You look at so many shift with no shift. No, the shift is being apparently the, the shift, the no shift, is being implemented in 2023 so that won't matter this season but even still you need to have a good defensive team the brewers the cardinals the dodgers they all have incredible the rays even have incredible defenses right and those are the best teams in the league you need to have an amazing defense and the phillies have the worst i mean think about it like even even teams like last year the yankees and the white Sox, really good looking teams on paper but didn't really make any noise. You know, the Astros blew the brakes off the White Sox. The Yankees lost the Red Sox in the wild card round. Like you need good defense. And those teams that struggle on defense, it matters. And the Braves are great on defense. The Mets are going to be better than they were last year. You know, with the addition of Marte and Canna, they're just a better defensive team all around than the Phillies are. And I just don't see the Phillies. I don't see it this year. And I would say maybe you can look at the Marlins at plus 1200, but that value is not good. I don't think the Marlins are going to win over 77 games. I love the rotation. We love the rotation. Adding Soler was nice. Adding Avisel Garcia is also nice, but that offense is just not there yet. And the Nationals have no shot. Agreed with you, Pete. Agreed with you. I think the the NL Central is is quite a fun one to discuss, though. I really do. So do you want to move there? That's exactly what I want to do right now because I'm just looking at all these juicy lines. Right now, the Milwaukee Brewers are minus 135 to win the division. St. Louis Cardinals are plus 190. Chicago Cubs are plus 1,000. Cincinnati Reds are plus 1,200. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are plus 6,000. I I went first last time. I'm throwing it over to you. Who do you have winning the NL Central? Okay, so Leicester City in 2016 were 5,000 to 1 odds preseason to <laughs> to win the world series or win win the premier league the pirates are plus six thousand i can't even keep a straight face on this one <laughs> just shut up no shot you're going with the pirates no um i'm actually going with the cardinals here plus 190 i went i went back and forth on this one for a long time because i think the brewers have an amazing team um i think this division is probably the one of the closest, I think these two teams are going to be battling out to the last day. I like the value of the Cardinals at plus 190. Last year, they were they were really good. 90 and 72, plus 34 run differential. Um, now, when I looked at this rotation to start, I was like, what in God's name is this rotation? Because you have Adam Wainwright, who's 40 years old. Steven Matz, who they just got in free agency. Miles Mikolas, who's kind of been on and off the IL for Mikolas, years yeah. now. Jack Flaherty who went on the field is very good, but he had, he just got PRP injections uh, for a slight tear, like a slight, what's a slight tear. Cause that, that sounds, sounds terrifying, dangerous, terrifying, a slight tear in your shoulder as a pitcher. No, thank you. No, thank you. But they have Dakota Hudson and, and Libertor as well. Um, and I think that, that the, that what the Cardinals do so well is they know the archetype of pitcher that they want. And what they do is they get these sinker ballers that get a ton of ground balls. They were number two in in defensive run saves last year with 82 defensive runs saved. Adam Wainwright gets a ton of ground balls. He's had a 3.08 ERA since 2020. Steven Matz, sinker changeup combo just gets a ton of ground balls. And he gets a lot of whiffs with his curveball. I think with a really good defensive behind Matz, he could have a, a somewhat of a bounce back here he actually looked really solid last year when when he was healthy he came back from an injury and, and kind of didn't find his way at the end of last season um dakota hudson when when he's pitched 60 percent ground ball rate Good. so like 
they know the archetype. They're going to get more out of their pitchers than what their pitchers really should be giving them because of how good their defense is. And their lineup is better than the Brewers. And that's why I'm picking them over the Brewers. Um, what do you think here? This one is the toughest division out of them all because the value with the Cardinals is better than the Brewers at minus 135. But I'm still taking the Brewers to win this division. We talked about starting pitching. The Brewers have no doubt a much better rotation. Corbin Burns is the second best pitcher in baseball. Brandon Woodruff is a top 10, no doubt pitcher in baseball. Freddie Peralta is a top 15 pitcher in the sport. You even wrote up the top 20 pitchers in baseball. They're all making the top 15. Freddie was at what, 13? Uh, yeah, 12 or 13. Yep. And you can find the top 20 pitchers on JustBaseball.com written by my guy Colby here. Then you bring in Adrian Hauser and his 3.22 ERA last year. How about let's talk about Eric Lauer, who was even better at a 3.19 ERA. You talked about adding Aaron Ashby into the bullpen. He could start because he's so dirty. He had, he gives me Shane McClanahan vibes. You talked about the bullpen. Hater. Williams, they re-signed Boxberger. They still have Suter back there. You know, I wouldn't say that the, this bullpen is better than the Braves just because it's not as deep, but it has some of the highest firepower that if you want to rank them two, you want to rank them three, you want to rank them one. That's how good of a bullpen they have. And we talked about defense. This is another team who's still pretty solid defensively, not to the Cardinals, but pretty solid defensively. And we talk about the offense. It's certainly the weakness of the Brewers, but it's pretty deep. There's not, there's no bad hitters in this lineup. Colton Wong, Willie Adamas, if we get anything better than Yelich, that is an absolute plus, and I think that we will. I like the McCutcheon signing. Rowdy Telez can bang with the best of them, you know, sort of. I mean, he's, he's a fine first base option. He's not the best, but he's not the worst either. Hunter Renfro was a great trade. You know, they get rid of Jackie Bradley Jr. in his 110 batting average, basically, and they add a guy, Hunter Renfro, hit 260, slugged over 500 last year. Omar Narvaez is one of the uh, – we're ranking top 10 catchers on the Just Baseball show. That'll be on Tuesday's episode. Like Omar Narvaez is going to make our top 10 catchers. Lorenzo Kane, he's coming back. He's a really good defender. And like, if the bat plays, the bat plays. Then you have a 24-year-old going to be 25, Luis Arias, who we really like in fantasy. Like from, from one to nine, it's pretty deep, but it, there's no, there's not a huge thump unless that you can get from Christian Yelich. And if you can get 80% of MVP Christian Yelich, I think this is the Brewers division to win. Remember, this was a Cardinals team that was 500, that was playing 500 baseball before they won 17 or 19 games in a row. Like the Brewers won 95 games last year, 95. And I think that they're better than they were last year. I think the offense is a little bit better. The starting rotation is still phenomenal. And then they re-signed all their bullpen pieces. Another, And then another year for Aaron Ashby to mature. I think this is the Brewers division to win. They won it last year by a five games. And I think they could win it again by five or six games. So even though I do like plus 190 for the Cardinals, I don't hate that because the value is certainly better. I wish I could get a better line than minus 135. That's why I'm almost like I might not even bet this. But I do think that it is the Brewers to win. And I think a half unit guy on the Brewers is my play here. I love the Brewers too, Peter. Like you said, their lineup is the problem, but I actually could see a potential bounce back from a guy like Keston Hura too. Exactly. He, he's, his, his swing has actually changed. He's quieted his swing down. No more leg kick for him, which just to highlight that, I think we've been seeing a lot of guys that have been doing that this year. Joe Adele, Griffin Conine, um, Duran, as I mentioned earlier in the show, Hira, all these guys are high whiff guys that have struggled because their approaches are kind of crazy. And now they're quieting him down and it's encouraging to see the guys who do that. But, but back to the Brewers, Aaron Ashby is sick. I want to highlight him again because he struck out 36% of batters in AAA last year with a two, six, four, fifth costing. And whether he's out of the uh, bullpen or in the rotation, he's an absolute weapon. My only concern is Christian Yelich here because if Christian Yelich is is back to 80% of his MVP self, that would be incredible. I, I'm just concerned because Yelich in 2019, 44 home runs in 130 games. Unbelievable. He won the MVP with in 130 games <laughs> almost unanimously. Un unbelievable. But here's the thing. Here's the trend. 
in that season, he had 35% fly ball rate, 43% ground ball rate. So he was hitting more fly balls. Last year, he hit nine home runs in 117 games. But we know it's the injury thing. Like we know it's the back and the hip and like he can't get into it as much. And I think we'll just have to see if a year removed from being so injured helps him or, or not. Like we could go through the numbers and we could talk about where the, you know, where Christian Yelich was bad. And like, there, there's no doubt about it. He was not Christian Yelich last year. But I think if, if we're confident that he can rebound from this injury, which I think that we do because we've been talking and like, I, I think we're Christian Yelich believers, but even if Christian Yelich performs the exact same year as last year, hitting 248, slugging 372. They won 95 games. Yeah. So like, no, he, I don't, yeah. That's why I'm like, if he's any better, this team looks really, really good to me. And in a division where, of course, the Cubs have gotten better, but the Reds have gotten worse. And then the Pirates are just the Pirates. Again, another division where I'm not looking at any value play because – I think it's Brewers or Cardinals and I'm going with the Brewers over the Cardinals because I don't think that the Cardinals got much better. I think the Brewers did and the Brewers were already five games better. 95 and 67, like the Astros went 95 and 67 last year. I I didn't fully comprehend the Brewers regular season success as much as I, I guess I thought I did because I think when I tell you that the Brewers were 95 and 67, that was one of the best records in the sport. Like they were one of the best teams. They just ran into a Braves team who won the world series. Well, I think the other thing too, is that this division's crappy. It's crappy. flat out crappy. I mean, they're, they're beating up on the Cubs, Reds and Pirates. And even if the Cubs are going to be a little bit better this year, they're still crappy. Do you see any value in plus 1000 for the Cubs? Cause I just don't. No, not at all. Not at all. Stay far, far away from that. There's no chance that a team that is going to be starting Andrelton Simmons at shortstop is winning a division. I think that's that's like the kiss of death. If you have Andrelton Simmons starting at shortstop, you might as well just call it a year. Like, why even show up to the stadium? Because of his defense. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, I, so so to, to go back to the Brewers real quick. I actually, yeah, I, I like like I said, this is going to come down to the final game of the year, I think. And that's kind of why I'm picking the Cardinals because of the value. But the Brewers are, like you said, an amazing team. In a video game, they would have like the slider for defense would be like almost to the end. The slider for pitching would be the number one. And the slider for, for offense would be way down. But it doesn't matter. The Cardinals are just kind of like the team that's like 85 defense or no, like no 92 defense, 85 pitching. 85 hitting like they're very very balanced the brewers though the hitting is not going to allow them to win the playoffs that's the only thing i think they can win the division i don't think it's going to let them take it to the next level in the playoffs because i think in in today's game it was it it was always you know pitching wins in the playoffs but i think that's kind of changed i think you need to have a lot of offense to win in today's game in in a seven game series you need your offense to take over games that's fair we saw the braves do exactly that to the brewers in the nlds they shut them down. They could not hit. We were riding unders like nobody's business. The game went Ed two to one in every single game. When you got Max Fried going up against Corbin Burns and Morton against Woodruff, like no runs are being scored in those games. And the Braves simply had a better offense. And last, last thing on the Brewers here too, is that, well, actually not last thing on the NL Central, because I want to talk about the Cardinals. I'm so worried about this Cardinals rotation. You have a 40-year-old Adam Wainwright. You have a Jack Flaherty who's coming off injuries already, and he has a small tear to start the year. You posted on your Twitter. It was genius. Like, you told me that's not going to linger all year with Jack Flaherty if he doesn't get that repaired. Of course it is. And you talked about Steven Matz, another guy who has not proved that he can stay healthy year over year. Guy like Miles Michaelis, another guy not proven he can stay healthy. Then you talked about Dakota Hudson. When he's on the mound, he looks pretty solid. Is he going to throw 200 innings this year? Is he even going to give you 150? And then Jake Woodford, like, you tell me. Like, that's not – that these guys aren't legit. I think Libertor is their sixth. He, he's going to get a lot of work. But he's a rookie, like another rookie who they're probably going to control his innings. Like, I, I think the Cardinals' offense is better by a decent amount, but not crazy. Their, their defense is better, but the Brewers have a great defense. The Brewers blow them away in starting pitching. Then they, uh, the Cardinals have a great bullpen, but the Brewers' bullpen is better. So 
that I just think the Brewers are straight up like a decent amount better. They proved it last year. And I think they're going to prove it again this year. So I like it. Like I said, I, I think this division is super hard to, to get a get an edge on because the Brewers are super good. The Cardinals at plus one ninety is just just like that little edge that that makes me want to pick them. The other guy in the Cardinals that I want to highlight, and then we can move on to the NL West, is Juan Yepes, who's going to come up as a rookie this season at some point, and probably he's going to DH. He's going to start the year. His start his career as a DH. He had a 154 WRC plus in AAA last year, 290 ISO. He pulls everything and hits everything in the air. Like, I think we're going to see a lot of moonshots from Juan Yepes. So I'm excited about him. Absolutely. So let's talk NL West. The Los Angeles Dodgers, of course, are the favorites to win it at minus 205. The Padres are next at plus 310. The Giants are next at plus 500. Colorado Rockies coming in at fourth place with plus 8,000. And the Arizona Diamondbacks at plus 12,000. Oh my gosh. Like the Marlins are plus 1,200 to win the National League East. And the Diamondbacks are plus 12,000 to win the National League West. Don't bet on the Rockies and the Diamondbacks. Just if if you, if you do, like, I'm sorry. Like you either really like those teams and you're doing it for fun or you are just dumber like i don't know how else to say it if you're betting on the rockies or diamondbacks to win this division you are on some sort of drug that i don't want to try the, but then we but peter really, but peter they said chris bryant, bet on for it. chris bryant mvp and you're saying that the rockies can't win the division what are we doing here four plus four thousand for chris bryant which you can find the full write-up on just baseball.com it's a value play when you put him across like the other guys who are also plus four thousand it's a no-brainer remember larry walker won an mvp in 1997 rockies went 83 and 79 that year so they never really make the playoffs but they produce mvp winners that's why i think it's a possibility if you want to see my full thoughts head over to justbaseball.com for that article but i think what we have to talk about is dodgers giants and padres i have this is probably one of my favorite bets that we've talked about. So I'm going to throw it over to you first. Who do you have winning the National League West? I don't think this is a conversation at all. I'm going to just put, I'm just going to put all my money on the Dodgers, close my eyes, wake up at the end of September, and I will cash that money because the Dodgers are winning this division. And I don't think there's really even a conversation to be said about it. But before I get into the Dodgers, there will be. There will be. Okay, so Peter's either taking the Padres or the Giants. This is very interesting. The Padres, for me, I just cannot get into them because Tatis is injury. That lineup is suspect. It's very, very suspect without Tatis in that lineup. And the Giants, their pitching and defense is awesome. Don't get me wrong. They're five deep with arms here. They're five deep. And Rodon, when healthy, is a top 20 arm. But where is this team going to score runs? Chris Bryant is gone. Posey is gone. You have Joey Bart that's now going to be coming in. Evan Longoria is going to be like 38 years old. I don't know how much more we're going to get out of him. It really is going to be a Brandon Belt and and like who else? Who else? Brandon Crawford. He'll be fine. But back to the Dodgers. So minus 205 odds for the Dodgers. Peter, I think this is the greatest. This, this has the potential to be the greatest lineup ever assembled. I went back and looked up the best lineups since 2005. So you have the 2007 Yankees. They are the the number one legit offense. The Astros in 2017 and 2019 were like the two best lineups ever since 2005, but I'm, I'm throwing them out because of the trash can stuff. Mm-hmm. So you have the 2007 Yankees, you have Alex Rodriguez, Jorge Posada, Robinson Cano, Jeter, but then it gets better. Right, the back end of this lineup is still incredible. Bobby Abreu was still banging at 33. Matsui was awesome. Johnny Damon was acquired and was like above average. And you had 36 year old uh, Jason Giambi still hitting ticks. They finished the year with a 119 WRC plus, top to bottom. That lineup is comparable to the Dodgers, top to bottom right now. Right, I think so. Dustin May is going to be returning in the second half for the Dodgers. And he's going to fill a very, very big need in this bullpen that just lost Joe Kelly and Kenley Jansen. But even still, this, this bullpen is awesome for the Dodgers. Blake Trinan is unhittable. That turbo sinker mixed with the slider. The slider might be the, like one of those unhittable pitches in all of baseball. I highlighted that a while ago. Gratterall is still a very, very impressive pitcher. He throws 100 mile an hour from a lawn chair. And then you have Alex Vesia, who was acquired from the Marlins. And this guy, if you haven't heard of him, you better do some reading on it because he's incredible. He's a lefty that the ball comes out of this weird, funky arm slot. Guys can't pick it up. 
and have, has the crazy backspin. He had 2.25 ERA last season, 2.85 X ERA, and a 33% K rate. And there's no way Bellinger has a 48 WRC plus again. I'm sorry. There's just no way. There's no way. Even if he's at 100 WRC plus, he's going to play plus defense and be good in this lineup. I just don't see anybody beating the Dodgers. How do you see somebody beating the Dodgers? Please explain to me. So I don't think the Dodgers are going to not win the NOS. I'm not, I'm not coming on here to be like, no, actually, no, the Padres and Giants are actually going to win the NOS. And I think like plus 310 for the Padres or plus 500 is, 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 is the pick because they're actually going to win. No, I do think the Dodgers still will win this division. They won 106 game last year. They lose out on Corey Seager. They lose Max Scherzer, but then they go ahead and add Freddie Freeman. Max Muncy is going to be healthy, most likely to start the season, but I will just start to poke small holes, small holes, because right now as currently constructed. The Dodgers rotation isn't amazing. What? The four and the five. The four and the five. The four and the five are Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney. Are you going to start throwing Tony Gonsolin slander out here, Peter? I can't take it. I cannot take it. When healthy, when Tony Gonsolin is healthy, which I think he will be going this year. He has been. Okay. But the Dodgers have all the depth in the world in the minor leagues, too. They can call Bobby Miller and just be like, all right, go out there and do great. Agreed. The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. What I'm, what I'm trying to do is poke small holes. Right now, as constructed, we have a guy in Clayton Kershaw who has injury history, and people have been nervous about him this entire offseason. Julio Arias and Walker Buehler, top ten pitchers, both of them could win the NL Cy Young. They might win it hand in hand. They might hold hands and walk all the way to the NL Cy Young ceremony, but. That's a fact. Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney at the bottom of your rotation. Tony Gonsolin, when he pitches, he is pretty. He's pretty good. He's not. A, he's not phenomenal. He's not great. He's. He's okay. He's pretty good. And then Andrew Heaney, who was one of the absolute worst pitchers. But you know his 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 data. Like I know some of his some of his data looks promising. Like he he should be better next year. But would you be surprised if Andrew Heaney had a five five ERA? No, you wouldn't because it's Andrew Heaney. Would you be shocked? No, you wouldn't. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if he did that. I think I think that the the encouraging thing for a guy like Andrew Heaney is that he's with the Dodgers, right? If there's a team that will show Andrew Heaney how to get batters out better, it's the Dodgers or the like the other teams, the Rays, the Guardians, right? These teams, the Dodgers are just like the kings of telling somebody how to switch up their approach. And and Andrew Heaney does have pretty good slider. Decent fastball up in the zone. I think he could be a four-year guy. And on this team with this lineup, that's like pfft. I'm telling you, I was Hell watching yeah. him. I was watching him on the Yankees last year. I, I felt confident I could step into the box and do okay. I mean, no, he'd he'd absolutely sit my ass down. But I want to talk about the Giants rotation because Alex Wood and Alex Cobb at the back end are better than Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Heaney. Just a fact. I mean, for example, like Alex Wood had a 3.83 ERA last year. Alex Cobb had a 3.76 ERA last year. Anthony Scalfani, 3.17 ERA last year. Really, really solid three. Carlos Rodon, you said it yourself. When healthy, top 20 arm. You know the Giants are going to use him very effectively. And Logan Webb is the next superstar pitcher. I mean, he's phenomenal. He can compete with Bueller and Arias at that level. Like, that's how good of a pitcher he is. And you talk about the offense. Because we can go through the bullpen. It's one of the best bullpens in baseball. I would say it's the second deepest to the Braves with Camilo Duvall, who is he's my one of he's my favorite reliever in the entire sport. Jake McGee was awesome last year, 272 ERA. Tyler Rogers was even better at 222. Dominic Leone was like the best of all of them at 151. And Jarlin Garcia, Zach Littell, Jose Alvarez, like all guys with ERAs under three last year. So the Giants bullpen is better than the Dodgers. The rotation could make the argument right now that it's deeper. And by the numbers, they had a better year than the Dodgers rotation did last year. They did. You know, they 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 lost some guys, but they didn't really lose a ton. They got Descalfani back. They have Alex Wood back. And then you're worried about the offense. And I get it. The offense is not the same as it was last year. Using Losing Posey and going to Bart could decrease your team 10 wins. Like, that's a realistic thing that could happen. Going from Buster Posey, the best catcher last year, to Joey Bart, who – may make a case for one of the worst catchers in baseball next year. He's not going to be moving forward, but in his, you know, mostly his rookie year, he might be a guy who's just a below average catcher for you. 
but where the Giants win, they win because they're deeper. Just look at their bench for a second. Kurt Casale is a great backup. Darren Ruff, you know how good Darren Ruff is. Wilmer Flores, another guy who was great last year. And Austin Slater, another guy who was valuable in spurts. Brandon Belt rakes. You know Brandon Belt rakes. Tommy Lestella, when he plays, is a good second baseman. I'm a Tommy Lestella truther. I like or Tommy, Tommy Lestella truther. I'm a Tommy Lestella truther. We just ranked top 10 fantasy shortstops. Is Brandon Crawford not exciting? Did we not talk about how he can just turn in the same amount of year? How he learned from Teacher Man? How he has a different swing now? Lamont Wade Jr. was phenomenal last year. Evan Longoria? They use him in spurts. You know, they platoon him. They get the most out of him. Like Evan Longoria last year, slugged 482. He can still be a valuable contributor. I don't think Mike Dostromsky will be as bad as he was last year. Jock Peterson, another guy who can add absolute tanks. And then you end the lineup with Bart and Steven Duggar. This team won 107 games last year. Are we ready to just plummet them to 85 wins? I'm not ready to do so. You might be shaking your head being like, yes, I am ready. But at plus 500, like, I think this team finishes higher than the Padres. Do you think they go from 107 wins to like 84? Like I was talking with Arm too. That's where he has them at. I think this team is going to win over 90 games. Now, I don't think that they're going to win the division. But I just think at plus 500, they're better than the Padres. And... You know, if something goes wrong, like let's say Kershaw goes down and they don't add another arm, like the Dodgers rotation could be somewhat suspect. So with that being said, I like the Giants at plus 500. I really do. I'm going to put a small amount on it. I really do. And I kind of don't want to bet on the Dodgers because just minus 205, I don't think it's as much of a lock as like the White Sox to win the AL Central, but we will see. The Dodgers at minus 205 is a two unit for me. Like I'm doubling down on that one. I hope you win. And you probably will win. The the reason, the reason is, is that literally the Giants, they what'd you say? One they won 106 games last year. 107 right? games. Like they 107 won 107 games. Seven games last year. The Dodgers won 106. I know. So in order for the Giants to beat the Dodgers for the division, they're going to have to do that again. And I just don't see a world where that happens. I do like what the Giants are doing. Like, it seems to me like the Giants are, are kind of doing what the, the Cardinals are doing, where they get a ton of ground ball pitchers. Their pitching staff is like five deep, not like, you know, Logan Webb and, and Logan Webb's a top 10 arm for me. I'm the, the biggest Logan Webb fan there, there That's could why ever like, what be. What are you talking about? We were all high on Brandon Crawford. You and I are both Brandon Belt truthers. And then, you know, with Logan, like, what, these are all the best players. I, I just don't see how this team is going to do what they did last year because literally every, every single player on this team last year did their 95 percentile outcome. Like, they're I'm just done it just, doubting the Giants. It, I'm done doubting them. Did we think they could win 107 last year? No, but not even close, but I don't think they can do it again. Like it's just crazy to think that they could do it again with a worse team on offense. Like their offense is legitimately suspect all across the board. Like Brandon Crawford. Yes. Very, very solid Brandon belt, like above average for sure. But like who else is going to provide like meaningful Darren Ruff rates. It's bats. But he, but but he, but he's not going to play every day. Darren Ruff is playing half of your games. I know, but Lamont Wade is another guy who really does hit. You just said to yourself, you're a Tommy LaStella truther. I think Mike Yastrzemski is going to be better than he was last year, you know, and they have Wilmer Flores. Like they have just so many guys who are above average and they produce runs. Like last year, they produced runs. They were one of the best offensive teams in the sport. And I know that they lost Chris Bryant, but they also didn't have Chris Bryant for, you know, a good half the year when he was on the Cubs. Like they, you know, they, they lose out on Buster Posey. That's the big thing. But the Dodgers also lost Max Scherzer. And I know they only had him for a half year, but they lo- and they lost Corey Seager. Like, these are big players to lose as well, too. I, but I digress because I do think that the Dodgers are going to win the division. My, I have a question for you. Do you think the Giants have a better chance of winning the NL West than the Phillies have at winning the NL East? Because the Phillies are plus 400 to win the NL East, while the Giants are plus 500. I think the Giants have a better shot of winning the NL West than the Phillies do in the East, and the Phillies have even worse odds to do so. No, I I don't think that's true. I, I think that the Dodgers are that good, and I'm I'm just too confident in the Dodgers. You, you question their pitching depth, 
But at the end of the day, I think they have plenty of pitching depth. And if they need to go get pitching depth, like remember they, Peter, think about this, right? Like if they, if, if Frankie Montas does not get traded and he starts the year with the A's, if they go down with an injury, like say Clayton Kershaw is hurt the entire year, they can just go, Hey, Hey, A's, Hey, Hey, Billy Bean. Like we have Gavin Lux and like a million other prospects that we can just give you for Frankie Montas. Like, I don't think that the Dodgers are going to have problems with pitching death because they can go get it on command. I know you're right. They're going to be fine. I know. But what I'm saying is that right now, as currently constructed, they are not the perfect roster, I guess is what I'm saying. Like there are things that they have to address and they're going to get back Dustin May. And like Dustin May, when he's on, is like just as good as like Bueller. It's like, he's so freaking crazy good. And I'm, I, I think Kershaw is going to be great again. Like if he can stay healthy, it's still Clayton Kershaw. I think he had like a two five ERA last year. Like he was still great. I agree with you. I, I just think if we're going to try and poke holes and find value, like I find a lot of value in Giants plus 500, while like Phillies plus 400 makes no sense to me. Like, yeah, in, no, the, you're right. In, in the National League Central, like, I'm not going with Cubs at plus a thousand. So if it's not the Dodgers, for example, like in the National, in the AL Central, there's no team that I'm boosting up and being like, they have a shot to beat the White Sox. Like the Giants, would you say that the Giants have a shot to beat the Dodgers? Or you think there's just no shot? I think they have a, I think they have a shot. Yeah. They're the Giants. Like, yes, they did. They did it last year. So there is like a chance. Um, but no, I, I really do think for a team, I think seven games, I think minus two Oh five is I'm I, I disagree with you. I'd rather bet on minus two Oh five for the Dodgers then minus 195 for the White Sox. I legitimately think that that the Dodgers are that dominant in this division. And if the Padres did have Tatis, I would actually be more interested in the Padres. But yeah, no, Tatis might not even play all year. Like there's that that chance for the Padres where Tatis doesn't heal from his wrist injury and it does take six months. And before you know it, the season's gone. And that's where we differ slightly. And that's why it's not gambling advice anyway. So who even cares? So that'll do it for Monday's edition of Not Gambling Advice. Go check out, get your Just Baseball merch in the episode link description. Give us a follow on Twitter at gambling underscore advice. We're currently live on TikTok right now. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. The Twitter is right up here. I'm just talking to the TikTok people, but of course you can find our Twitter at gambling underscore advice in the episode link description. Colby, this was a really fun episode, and I feel like we got a lot done. Is there anything else before we part? No, it's uh, been nice chatting to you, Stephen A. Apple. This is Skip Olson. Uh, We'll see you in the next episode of Not Gambling Advice. And we have outfielders coming this week. We're going to rank for fantasy baseball. And then in the next couple of weeks, you're going to get our futures picks. We're going to go all through the MVPs, the Rookie of the Years, World Series. we got to wait for the free agency flurry to calm down, but we feel like the National League is pretty set in stone to this point. So those are our picks. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Remember, it's not gambling advice. And with that, thank you, everybody.